1: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. Ninety-one percent of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. to the 150th episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summons and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend and fellow Ticketmaster hater, Floyd Johnson Jr., my man. How are
1: you doing after today? So, I will tell you, uh, from about 11 a.m. Eastern... To about six PM Eastern, you probably got your grumpy as Floyd. <laughs> That's about how long it took me to get over what happened. Yeah, so as, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into that real quick. <laughs>
2: honestly, even before the whole spiel about us promoting shit, Forbidden Dance went on pre-sale today uh, on uh, and that shit that shit went gone quick.
1: It went gone. yeah real- yes, the. Uh, so the the white males came out for their show. Yes,
2: the no females at all. The niche only male wrestling fans came out. Uh, 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 my yeah. si- my sister doesn't exist apparently.
1: Oh my god! It's, it was just uh, like when I read that, and like I am I have a well, I have a well, uh, you know, uh, natured a well set up timeline. because so, I don't block, I don't block. I mute. Like you mm-hmm. just don't exist, I don't block, yeah, so you scream in the I, void, I, I, I keep them followed, so I can make sure they're muted, you know, and I don't see what they say. Well, there was this one, and I kept seeing retweets where people were yelling at something, but I couldn't see the message, Of course, I like, was muted, and so I had to unmute it, and I read it, and I was like, well this is, isn't this like the dumbest thing that I've ever heard? like literally, if I'm never going to list. But if I want to talk about the most hardcore professional wrestling fans I know, Mary Kane Anthony and Issa, I would Oh put my god. Up, I would put those two people up against any man, any person in the world. Mhm. Oh my god. I mean literally like <laughs> like I I'll, I'll, I'll build up my sister on that
2: regard too. I mean Sydney for all of these meet and greets and all these shows, when All In first happened and, like, we were tr- we were thinking about doing, like, me, my friend Chad, and they- we were thinking about doing our podcast at uh, StarCast for pod- Podcast Row, Sydney went fucking ham to make sure that happened. That would not have happened for me and Chad if it wasn't for her. Like, she made that happen. She... Was the one that made that whole thing happen for me and my friend Chad. So like, and then like when AEW was really going, I mean she was locked in every single week. And like, dude, like people will spin their narratives about anything right now. Like seriously, it's just like it's 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 it's, uh, it's funny as hell. But it's it's pretty predictable, honestly. It's like they their first uh, line was. AEW can't sell at the United Center. They can't sell an arena like that. They did off of a rumor for CM Punk. And then they're like, well, they can't sell it out twice. And then they did. And then the now the theory is like, oh, it was all the hardcore, um, predominantly male people that came out and bought it. Or it's like, oh, it was all scalpers. Or, oh, they only sold out the pre sale. You still got like 10,000 seats you got to sell. And I'm just like, motherfucker, like, Get a life! Like people are enjoying this shit, and you just gotta find a way to just dig at it. And it's like you're finding nothing. You are gra- you are grasping at the smallest straws that you can find, and being like, "Guys, look at what I have to say. It's important."
1: Man, some people just think. I mean, some people do this for a living. They do this. This is their livelihood. So even when. Uh, even when they don't have anything to say, they still feel the need to say something. What happens then is you end up saying something unintelligent because you are not not informed. You don't have enough of a circle. That's the one thing I'll say um, about me and my friends. My friends in my group, the Social Suplex group on Facebook, we all have a vast amount of friends. We have white friends. We have women. We have, you know, all the different races, all the different sex, uh, uh, sexes. We have sexual
2: orientation, fr- all yeah, that kind of yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of different friends, so we speak to everyone. And because of that, it's not like it's not a it's not a survey or anything. It's not official, but you can get an idea of excitement, right? People I know that I would consider the most casual of casual wrestling fans, right we're saying i'm going to try to get tickets women, men, people that like i haven't been to a show wrestling show in three years were saying well i'm going to get on and see if I can get tickets so when I said on this show that that it was going to be an all in Type of feel when it came to tickets, I took that based on my experience communicating with people. I had seen a buzz and excitement of people that wanted to get tickets and I knew it was going to sell out. What was our question on the show? It wasn't was it going to sell out? It was either was it wasn't going to sell out in under 30 minutes or was it was going to sell out in over 30 minutes. That was the question. And it was in the ballpark of around 30 to 40. It, only reason it took 30 minutes is because that's how long it took to process the orders. Pretty much. Those but tickets no, were gone. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: going go. back to Floyd's anger, though, we're going we're gonna to sit on this for a little bit. So we can confirm, yes, me, Floyd, my sister, Sydney. Um, anybody else that you want to confirm that did get tickets that you want to shout out real quick?
1: Um. Uh, so I was going to say you, but um, me and my boy uh, Tyler are going together. Uh, there are a few uh, at Shining Polaris on Twitter. Her name's Christine. She's got tickets. Amy and Andy, uh, Amy Nimity and Andy Nimity, Uh They got tickets. I think they actually got floor seats. So shout Fucking out. Fucking uh, God uh, Most shout out to the Lucha Professor. Uh, yes. a, a, a J.R. So it was me, Tyler, and Jr. all trying to get in. And J.R. actually got in and made the purchase and got us the tickets. He got through first. Shout out to Jr. Shout out to Tyler for being. He took his break at work so he could uh, get this done. It, 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 it's just, it's a team effort. Because I literally, when I got through, I was plus 2,000.
2: Yeah, no. When I I got it when I got into the queue, I was about like 8 1800 I want to say, maybe 1700. Sydney was plus 2000 for about like 20 30 minutes. Like she took forever to get in. So it was on me. I had to settle for upper bowl. Like we got row 2 though and it's pretty close to like like where Floyd is sitting. We're like like over top of him pretty much in row 2 for the upper bowl. So they're not bad seats honestly and I'm very happy that we were able to pull. Yeah, honestly, I don't
1: I don't even care. I think they released I don't think that section was initially released the 121 and then they released it somehow because we, you know, we got like 10th row in that section. So I yeah. think they released it after maybe after you purchased your tickets because yeah you you had said i got my tickets and at that point in time i didn't have tickets yet yeah
2: i mean we basically like the first thing that i could get which was that um we were just like let's do it we got to do it because i mean like that was my whole thing like for all in i had to call the arena in order to get tickets and then they were upper bowl so like we were just like we got to just get it dude like whatever we get whatever we get we get at this point but um that that was how we worked out, though we were able to get them, though. But Floyd himself, yeah, my uh, angry grumpy Floyd. How did the experience go for you before we uh, uh, get all
1: of our uh, plugs in and everything? So I made sure not to go to Ticketmaster because the last time I had a t- bit of a ticket problem was because that it said that you know it hadn't recognized my IP. So what I did is I didn't. I cleared my. I flushed my DNS. I restarted my computer. That's computer talk. Uh, So Mm -hmm. uh, I got I I sat there. I went to sleep because, you know, and I got up and I go straight to Ticketmaster. I sign in, get in the queue. I know that the the queue to get tickets opens up about 15 minutes before the show. So around 14, around 1530, I start refreshing. I refresh. I get in the queue pretty much like a few seconds after it opens. Right. Tell my other friends to get in the queue. They get in the queue after me. After me. I'm, I'm telling you. They get in the queue after me, right? So I'm like, okay. I don't know if I'm going to get in first. I don't know how the system works. But I've done everything I can to get in the front of the queue. Uh, we're all on the phone. And then it goes, doo-doo-doo. You know, the little beat when it's, it's saying that uh, time is going. It says, waiting to put you in the queue. My other two friends already have a number, and their number's going down. It hasn't even put me in the queue yet. The number pops up, plus 2,000. And it stayed that way for 14 minutes. <laughs> and, and, and it was like, everybody's like, what, what code did you use? I was like, it didn't matter. By the time I got through, it was sold out. <laughs> you know? It was effectively sold out by the time I got in, you know. I know they didn't announce it to 30 or 40 minutes, but it was only 300 sections, you know. It was like, and I'm one of those people. I'm a little spoiled. I I admit it. Say what you want about me. If it came to the 300 section, I'm not flying to sit in the 300s, damn it. I live in (laughs) Oklahoma. I will throw a party, and I will have everybody come over my house. I will feed you, and we will watch the pay-per-view together. I'm not. So we just kept refreshing until we got 121. Dude, I almost bought platinum seats. I almost spent $1,200 Woo! for about three sections over and about five rows difference. God damn. I was going to be in that show, and I was going to be in the section I wanted to be in. I then got those tickets, and when I got through, I sat there refreshing for 30 minutes, hoping somebody's payment may not have gotten through, and I may even have even got another ticket. No such luck. I've had luck in the past doing that, but no such luck. Uh, yeah, no matches announced. This show's happening. That's it. I mean, no company has been able to do this in history before. AE, I mean like WWE was the company and Yeah you're I was the WrestleMania, only one SummerSlam, Survivor Series They just put those tickets on sale And they'd sell 20 or 30 thousand Just because of the event AEW has come in And pretty much Their product Is they sell out their shows Before a single match is announced mm-hmm. We got our first na- ma- Announced match for Double or Nothing Two weeks ago Or something maybe a week mm-hmm. ago, already sold out. We, we don't, we're not going to get a match for this until like June because I think they want double or nothing to happen. And uh, NJPW has a show that happens on June 12th. So it might be, 10, 15, to be like 14 days before we get a show as exactly what this show is announced. It's sold out. Anybody mm. that says AEW is not growing, Oh, okay. Hey, let me give it to you. Okay, it's not growing. I don't believe that. Air quotes all the way. But their fan base is so passionate that these eight hundred to, to a million people that they get every week are going to keep them in business for 20 years. Yeah. Because that 800,000 people is, more, is as passionate about AEW as any football team's fan base is as passionate about their team.
2: And that's what I've been saying, too, for the people that are all like, when are they going to get casual fans? Motherfucker, they can survive off of the people that they have right now that are this hardcore. Like, that's the biggest thing. When you're a new company, your hardcore fans are the most important thing. The casuals will come because of the hardcore fans that will tell them about this. That's how this shit works. You can't just be focused on the casuals because you're taking a WWE problem and you're stamping it on AEW when the two companies aren't even in the same situations. AEW is trying to grow and build themselves as a new, young company. WWE is trying to grow as the conglomerate of pro wrestling and sports entertainment that they are because at this point, they've pretty much hit their peak for what hardcore fans they're going to have. So casuals is really all they can bring in at this point. So you're taking situations and you're trying to band-aid the solution of like, oh, this is what w- what AEW needs to do. No, they are completely fine selling out the United Center for the second time in less than two, less than a year. CM Punk debuted less than a year ago at the United Center, and they sold it out. And now less than a year later, they've already sold out the United Center, arguably the second biggest arena in the country twice. That's insane. And for any other company that wasn't WWE at this point in time, if any other company other than WWE did this like years ago, that would be insane. And it is the same case now. Now, it's an awesome thing. If you still prefer WWE, that's fine. But if you're trying to like pick apart and like be like, "Oh, well, this is bullshit" or "Oh, they did this only because of this" and you're trying to cherry-pick and make bad take arguments and stuff like that and be like oh they're gonna crash and burn or everything like that you're trying to see like a company die and you're like you're actively cheering its downfall and like listen i'm not cheering the downfall of wwe i want them to be good it's i want wrestling to be good if you're just cheering for the downfall of a company at this point like get
1: a fucking life dude it's wrestling Samoa Joe said on a tweet that this AEW versus WWE is stupid. Just watch pro wrestling. It's an ego thing. Yeah. And I always say this. I always said this on the show. I've said this uh, on Twitter. I've said this to anyone that will listen to me. My first love before anyone, before AEW, before Tony Khan was born, was... Pro wrestling. That's my love. That is what I love. No wrestler, no entity, no company, <coughs> excuse me, is bigger than pro wrestling in my mind. Cody has said that exact thing. It's no one's bigger than pro wrestling. When my favorite wrestler retires, I will move on to another favorite wrestler. When a company that I love goes out of business, I will start watching another company. If no companies are on TV, I will be down every week at my VFW hall or my bingo hall watching or calling wrestling. I am never going to not watch pro wrestling. Until the day I get Alzheimer's and forget I exist, I will be watching pro wrestling. I, the people I know in my life feel the same way. Yes, I am more entertained by AEW on a weekly basis right now than WWE. Yes. That could flip. I don't see it happening, but it could flip. I, I am open to the idea of it flipping. Because I just love pro wrestling. The whole tribalism thing is dope.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, you can have favorite companies. You can have favorite wrestlers. Just like I
1: have favorite, I hate favorite team. But Austin, I you for the Chiefs and Austin Roots for the Lions. I give him shit because it's fun, but nothing wrong with Austin rooting for the Lions.
2: Yeah, obviously like you have rivals and like with sports it's a lot more different with rival teams because like that's a rivalry that like is meant to be like fuck you. Like that's how it goes. But like I don't wish any bad feelings towards like Packers fans. I laugh when they lose because like that's how I, that's what I do. But like, I don't care if you're a Packers fan at the end of the day. That's not going to change like the way that I talk to you or anything like that. It's just going to be, I'm going to bust your balls a little bit. That's what it is. It's friendly ball breaking that it is. And like, I can do that with WWE fans. AEW fans, like, Impact fans, like, we're just enjoying what we enjoy, and then, like, we're busting each other's balls because we're friends at the end of the day because we like the same thing just differently. That's how it goes. So, please. So the people that are just being like, they're going to crash and burn, oh, the only reason they sold out the United Center was because of this, or, oh, they didn't technically sell out, it all went to scalpers, or, oh, uh, this bullshit reason that I'm convincing myself. Get a fucking
1: life. Please, Believe for me. everyone's sake. Believe me, I mean AEW scalping didn't start with AEW's product.
2: No, it's not. A, it's not something that only existed, and it's not something that doesn't already happen with WWE shows. Oh, Trust God. me, for yes. people, for people who have tried to buy WrestleMania tickets, it yeah. is a thing that has existed in other wrestling. I promise you.
1: Yeah, people act like. Uh, people act like. AEW, like, in Tony Khan invented scalpers. Like, dude, I live in Oklahoma City. You know, the smallest big town ever, right? You know, as soon as the Thunder got here, it became a job. People mm-hmm. either moved here or they were down the corner and their livelihood was based on scalping. When COVID hit and no games were happening... Scalpers were out of job. That was a big group. Good, they were without a job. It's just like, it's just like it's a part of it, and it's Mm -hmm. like, honestly, if fans collectively, as a fan, I know there'd never be a fan union, but fans collectively say, I'm not paying anything more than ticket value. Scalpers would go out of business. Yeah, but
2: there are going to be people that want to buy them because I mean, people
1: like me. I want to go. Yeah, I don't care if you're charging three times the ticket. Well, at least you're not charging six times the ticket like that one guy. So here's some money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, yeah. It's just it, it is what it is. I'm a part of the problem.
2: <laughs> it is what it is.
1: I know. That, like it's just like some people are are afraid to say that. Oh I, I no, I know. I'm a part a part of the problem. <laughs> I know when I drop <laughs> a. $500 on a $100 ticket yeah I'm telling that person to keep doing it sorry
2: <coughs> I want to yeah. go
1: more than my principles <laughs> at that point I just and like, just, I you just want to be there I'm glad I'm in the building and I'm glad I didn't have to pay more than face value you know I'm in the building it's great yeah. it's, but you were grumpy Floyd for a bit oh no I was grumpy because of the tickets I got I wanted to be on the floor and yeah. I didn't necessarily like it wasn't like first three, four rows. I wanted to get as close as possible, but I would have took tenth row floor. I wanted to be on the floor, and it's just it was just something about it, and it, honestly it you know where it comes from I did de- I wasn't on the floor for all in, you know what I mean it was yeah we this this feels like all in. Why? Yeah, th-
2: no. I will say I will say this will be the last thing before we wrap up and uh, uh, this little conversation and get into the actual dynamite review of the show. But um, like when we bought, like I said, because I called in to the to the arena to buy our tickets for All In, and then I can't even remember. This like Sydney had some sort of online friend that she made for like that time frame only because I don't think she's talks to this person anymore. But this person would like literally had opening seats next to him on the floor, like like for all in and just gave them to Sydney like two seats for floor for her birthday and I was like what the fuck so what we did was because my our friend Chad was going with us we had those two seats up in the um upper bowl actually so what we did was we had one of us sit up top for half the show and then the other person sat on the floor for the half of the show we would switch and then at halfway point, we switched pretty much after Cody won the uh, NWA title. And then Sydney would stay down on the floor for the entire show. That's how that went. And,
1: yeah, it's an experience definitely for a show of that magnitude, to be I, honest. I did that uh, with JR because we got, like, five tickets. And he really wanted to see the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. So we switched spots so he could be there when the Lucha Bros won the tag team belts. And it's like yeah. – yeah yeah, so it was like it was amazing, and I'm, I'm glad he got to experience that. and it's just like when you have people that work as a team like that that that, that is beautiful. Uh, I remember all in, I ended up with 11 tickets before Oof. I was just just calling around, seeing who had extras hustling and bustling. I had 11 tickets, and I think I, you ended up get we had eight of us in our group. I sold two to a person, face value, because I'm not a dick, and (laughs) uh, I ended up, we were in line for Kenny Omega at Pro Wrestling Tees, and the guy's like, dude, I wasn't able to get tickets, and I just gave him the ticket. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got rid of my 11 tickets to the show. Yeah,
2: but... I think we'll move off of the Forbidden Dance sellout talk. And again, the they're going to be having some sections still remaining for for general admission uh, starting on uh, tomo- on Friday. So you can still try. Best of luck if you try to go for tickets again. Um, and yeah, let's sell this motherfucker out for realsy realsies with these remaining tickets that will go on sale for general. But we're going to get into our, pr- our review of AEW Dynamite from this week. But I got to shill real quick. Make sure you guys download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way for you guys to support us is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at AT ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other podcasts that they have on their network. I am at Austin. Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now we can get into our AEW Dynamite review that took place from Baltimore, Maryland. Shout out John Harbaugh, first of all, head coach of the Baltimore Ravens at this show. They cut to him like multiple times for one specific segment that we'll talk about later. Um, but of course, I am a Michigan man. I, I know Jim Harbaugh. I, I tolerate that man. He won a Big Ten championship and he made the college football playoff this year. He did what I asked of him. But for like the last six years or so, he's been dog shit.
1: <laughs> That's just
2: <laughs> just one more say. I've I've criticized that man way way more than people around me, and they people think I'm insane for it. But I've never been a massive Jim Harbaugh fan. But regardless. Regardless, we're not talking about football. We're going to open things up with the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifying Match. I believe this was the last qualifier match before the bracket was fully filled out, and it was Red Dragons' Bobby Fish facing off against Jeff Hardy with Adam Cole, Bebe on commentary for this match. My God, I love how the pop for Jeff, Hart, Jeff and Matt Hardy is, like, insane. Like, they fucking go banana
1: for I, when that music hits. I got to say the genius that is Tony Khan. Every week, the starting uh, music is either Adam Cole or CM Punk.
2: I mean, yeah, you know how to get that crowd going. That's from how the beginning you get the crowd show. going.
1: Yes, it's either Adam Cole or CM Punk.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, if pretty much the easiest one, and like, or you could do Jericho too. That would work as well. Oh yes. If if you if you didn't have the J A S intro, because that takes the wind out of the sails a little bit. <laughs> But that, but that's the fucking point. Yes. Um, but this opening match, this qualifying match for the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament, uh, was pr- was pretty dang good, honestly. Jeff got worked; his his leg really worked on by Bobby Fish, trying to really take Jeff Hardy from getting his high flying offense. was at some point where i thought jeff was working a little slow but then he turned it up another year and i was just like nope he's back into it all of a sudden um really solid opening match honestly jeff became the sixth man to qualify for the tournament and uh got the win forcing uh the undisputed elite from not having three members in the in the tournament now it's only just two members with adam cole and kyle o'reilly um, and this was a good opening match, honestly. It wasn't anything outstanding, I feel like, but this was just a good match with a baby face that people absolutely adore. And then one member of the Undisputed Elite, which are crazy over right now. And this was just a really good opener to Dynamite. And like I said, I'm pretty sure that solidified, if I'm not mistaken, um, or there might have been one more match, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, nope, yep, there was one more men's qualifier match in, later in the night that fully solidified who all the members were, except for one, for the men's tournament for the Owen Hart Foundation. So, Floyd,
1: go ahead. Um, I don't know if Jeff, Jeff Hardy is either old or injured. I don't know which one he was. You were going to say like you thought he was moving slow, too? He was moving slow like Bobby Fish literally three different times waited for him to get in position mm-hmm. like I was going to say
2: I thought yeah. I thought he brought it back a little bit closer towards the end but like yeah I was like he seemed a little bit behind
1: hey, hey, um, and, and, and I
2: and think I think it's just because like I said this man threw himself off a of fucking ladder for like 15 years
1: yeah crazy piece of trivia Bobby Fish is actually older than Jeff Hardy it's nuts. Jeff Hardy's actually been in the national scope a lot longer than Bobby Fish. But Bobby Fish is actually older than Jeff Hardy. I I, I just thought in this match Jeff Hardy's age was there. But I will say this because I am the proclivity of a positivity. It very well be he might not be a hundred percent and he hadn't worked a singles match in a while. He'll come back to it. He's Jeff Hardy. The ism, as it's called in social suplex, I don't even know what that means. I've just heard it said a lot of times <laughs> in our group. Uh, he's over. He's one of those He he is going to, at seventy years old, be uh, walking out, and he's gonna put his hands over his head and flicks his flicks his hips, and fans are gonna go crazy because this dude. It, it, I mean, say what you want. He's always over hmm so yeah, yeah. Good no match. I mean, it, it was it was a match at that point and you know the right guy won especially for what's it setting up in the future the right guy won
2: yeah absolutely and like i said like jeff jeff um is like i said probably like this man has already jumped off so much high shit since he's gotten to aew and i mean at this point man is like he's getting old to the point where he's done that for so long they're gonna catch up with him eventually but like we're just gonna keep riding, riding until the wheels fall off with Jeff because, I mean, like for God's sakes, the people fucking love him. Um, we moved over then to a trios match, AKA the uh, Blackpool Combat Club kick the shit out of people match. Um, I'm being a little bit too harsh. Uh, a- the Andrade family Office got a little bit of offense in this with the Butcher, the Blade, and and, and Helico facing off against Danielson, Moxley, and Yuta. Um, In the end, though, the uh, BCC continued to showcase why they are probably one of the most dominant trios in AEW. Um... And I am so excited, too, because they were building up the fact that Willie Wheeler Yuta is going to be in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament, which I am
1: very excited about. Yeah, I mean, um, they pretty much guaranteed I'm going to be tuning in to the Best of the Super Juniors. Unfortunately, I have done a horrible job of keeping up with New Japan. Uh, oh, my God, since same. COVID came and I watched a match where fans couldn't cheer and it was just like, I couldn't. But if you want to, if you, you are like me, and you have gotten a little behind on New Japan Wrestling, I do have a solution for you. And it's on the Social Suplex Network. It is the best, the best New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast in the world. Keeping Mm -hmm. Strong Style with the godfather of Social Suplex, uh, Jeremy Donovan, and probably the smartest man in professional wrestling, the young boy, Josh Smith. So like me, if you need to catch up and get to know, make sure you watch it uh listening that it comes out. The show usually comes out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays once a week and they get you caught up. Uh this week they discussed the last pay-per-view and a little bit about uh a little a uh, little bit about uh the Forbidden Door coming up. Not a little bit, but they talked about the Forbidden Door coming up. So make sure you tune in to that show. That's a commercial. I don't do that very often, but with, with the New Japan-AEW working relationship, you will probably hear that a little more, than, uh, more often now. And you should listen to it because it's a great podcast. No, no, it's absolutely it, – I listened to the podcast before I knew Jeremy and Josh. Before I knew who they were, I was listening to their podcast to keep up with New Japan. So –
2: it's the best it's one of the best podcasts you can listen to for that but yeah bcc continued to kick ass um i'm still waiting for those trios titles whenever the fuck they get announced because i'm waiting for them i want them i want them bad um but yeah i love the bcc they've been great uh and yeah well i think we'll move on from that we had a backstage interview with uh, the ftw champion absolute ricky starks and powerhouse hobbs they had called out the AEW Tag Team Champions, Jurassic Express. And Jungle Boy eventually said, um, came back and was like, you know what, you want these tag titles? We'll give you a chance, but first, you should defend that FTW Championship that you almost never defend. And Christian was the one that also pointed that out as well. Ricky agreed to the stipulation and said next week on Dynamite, Starks versus Jungle Boy for the FTW Championship, which would then lead to... uh, 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 Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs getting a shot at the AEW Tag Team Championships somewhere down the line. Um, Yes, I am very much looking forward to that. Thank you very much.
1: Um, Absolutely. This is the two young, up-and-coming people. Jungle Boy, one of the pillars. Ricky Starks probably should be in that pillar list too because he has been just as featured since he uh, arrived in his match and he's been FTW Champion forever. So we're getting a Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks match. These are two very much pushed individuals going up against each other. So it is going to be great. And this that's what it's building to. And that's just the, the tag match is going to be fine. Uh, Will Hobbs has been very underrated in AEW as he understands his role as a big man. So that tag match is going to be great. I like everything that's going on with this segment.
2: Uh-huh. And we also had another backstage segment with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland basically saying that they're, they're not done with uh, Starks and Hobbs. And uh, that's pretty much uh, what it led to uh, other than that. But then we can just move over now to uh, the next match. Wardlow facing off against, I can't imagine who it's going to be, MJF's mystery opponent who is confirmed to be uh, William Morrissey. Uh, and, yeah, is Big guess. Is a big case. Um, Wardlow got great reactions as he got brought out uh, to the uh, arena in handcuffs with the AEW security. And Morrissey, god damn, like we talked about it last week, but this dude is like unrecognizable since he's returned to wrestling, like since he's returned from his demons that he battled. He looks like a million bucks. Like, god damn. Um, and honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, uh, this was like my second favorite match, I think on the card, if I'm being, uh, perfectly honest,
1: yeah, uh, uh, they did a good job of letting, uh, Morrissey looking good. He looked good in his match. He looked fluid in his match. Uh, I some people's like, looked like there was a hitch in his giddy up. I did not see that. I didn't I, see I, it. I just saw a few people that I trust pointing it out, but, uh, I thought they made him look Dominant, and he played to the crowd, and he he shut he helped to shut up the chants that were going on. Uh, they had a chant of "We want Enzo" from one side of the building, and then the other side said, "No, we don't." Which a lot of people feel that way. I've always been an Enzo fan. Don't look at me funny. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not want him showing up tonight. This was about almost like the re-debut of W. Morrissey. I love I. You know, every time I watch Impact, I like it. I don't keep up with it weekly to week, but every time I watch Impact, I like it. I want to say that before, before I say this, this was kind of Cassidy's or, or Morrissey's re-debut to a national audience. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know, please, if you watch Impact, do not get offended. They're great. They're great. They have done a lot of try, done a lot of good for him, letting him, uh, you know, rebuild himself. Get his life in order, but on to, on a national scale, this was like his re-debut, and he came out, and he looked like a million bucks. Like, if I am the WWE, I'm calling, like, so when's your contract with Impact up? <laughs> I, I'm calling him back, because they saw a lot in him. He just wasn't ready for it yet. Yeah. This man looks ready for it. Yeah,
2: and uh, the the un- unbelievable work he did of shutting up the crowd, chanting for Enzo, with him doing the stupid chicken walk that he does, and then just telling him shut the fuck up was great. Um, I mean, dude is so big and strong. Like the way that they were able to just showcase like how strong each guy was, being able to knock them off each other's feet. Um, Wardlow is still like such a. He's he's getting over so well with his incredible like. Uh, hybrid offense that he has where like yes he's a big man that can power slam another big man to fucking oblivion but also he's a guy that can fucking do a moonsault because that's a thing that he can do too like I don't know how he can do it but he can and yeah this was a really good match that showcased both of them um and if Morrissey wanted to keep doing stuff with AEW, I'm sure that the door would be open. And, They've and, got plenty of room for big men to be in the company. I mean, like, everyone wants to say that AEW is filled with nothing but small guys that, like, are just doing flips and shit.
1: Um, but no, we
2: got some big guys, too, and they could use another one if they want one. But, but otherwise— there's big, and
1: then there's big cat. There's, there's big uh, uh, There's W. So. Morrissey. Excuse me, William Morrissey. I'm like, there's big, and then there's him. Yeah, like, there's when 77. When he says he's 7 foot tall— He's he's six ten. He's ever been. He puts on some tims. He's seven foot. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. he's right there. No, yeah. And Morrissey did
2: great in this match, honestly. Um, and I'm just glad to see that he's just thriving in his new feet in his new like almost body since he's really just kind of improved himself. Um, and I cannot be more than happy for the guy because it's just it's good to see him doing this and having a different. Uh, a different outlook and just a different, uh, uh, just a, in a different, in a better place in his life. Honestly, um, and I hope nothing for the best for him if he continues that impact or if he kill, or if he does more stuff with AEW. Whatever he does, like I'm glad to see that he's doing a lot better. Dude, um, he could
1: definitely like be like a heels muscle. Like if he was available all the time with AEW, if he was the new Wardlow for MJF, I think that would be like super awesome.
2: Sure, yeah. And um, after the match was over, though, Wardlow uh, had security try to put him in handcuffs. That did not work. Wardlow actually lashed out this time and knocked every single security guard that came down his path and knocked him down, screaming, "Uh, release me from my contract. This will keep happening until you release me. MJF was like, all right, how would you feel about us having a little bit of match, a little bit of a match, and if you win, I'll let you out of your contract? And he's like, but... I got conditions because of course this dude does. And those conditions will be done in a contract signing that will happen in the most magical place in the world known as Long Island, New York, next yes. week on Dynamite.
1: Hey, okay. I feel like I like MJF and his thing, but this whole thing with the stipulations to get a match with him, it's becoming kind of like a sitcom. You know? Sitcoms like you, you got your beginning, you got your middle, you got your and you kinda knew when you're watching a sitcom, when it was mm-hmm. coming on, that's what MJF storylines are coming out. I'm like, maybe they add a wrinkle over the next few weeks before we yeah. get to. Uh, the, I w- I'm going to always leave it open because AEW doesn't disappoint. But it's becoming like it started with Cody, and now uh, you know Jericho, and it's just like. And you even see him punk, and it's just like. Oh, no, yeah. No, it's like you got to get
2: through so many guys before you even get to touch MJF. Then he'll have to make some stipulations into terms of how you get your hands on him. And then he'll probably get the better of you the first time. And then you'll eventually get your way to him for a second time. And then you'll actually get over on him.
1: Oh, yeah. So I I just like as much as I love MJF. How many people are we going to cycle through the same thing on? Yeah, and
2: like this, like that's that's the biggest thing. We don't want this to be like the only play that he has in his playbook because MJF has shown himself to be unbelievably good at like adapting to a situation. Because I mean, like he's a character that you could put in anything, and he could get heat, and he could get um, um, a good focus on the story. Um, but if this is his only play, like I mean, which I don't think it is, but it's just like it is starting to look like. All right, so we're kind of going down the same path a little bit. Is anything going to change up? Or, like, what's going on? Like, I don't understand, like, what, what, what the situation is going to be. But
1: Yeah, no, it's just, like, it's just I'm watching it, and I'm just, like, saying it. And it's just, like, if you're a person that has watched it from the beginning, brand-new people don't know the gimmick, and it's fine. But if you're a person, day one dynamite guy, I mean, shit. If you're day 100 dynamite or 50 dynamite guy, and you're on your third person with this, you're like, okay, is what makes it where? What makes it where? He gets all this power in every, you know, every uh, storyline. He has the higher ground. It's like CM Punk's clearly a bigger star. How can MJF dictate to him when do they get, what he has to do to get to wrestle him? With Wardlow, it makes sense, though. Yeah, no, still- no, no. It absolutely makes sense. I'm not taking away from it. I'm just saying you're looking at the situation, and there's this guy named Tony Khan. It's just like you feel like Tony Khan just jumps in and says, Hey, you got to fight Warlow." No, no, because Warlow's not under contract with AEW. He's under contract with MJF. Get it? I understand. They explained it. I'm just saying when they get to the next person, change it up. Maybe on this one, change it up, you know? Maybe Wardlow loses. I don't know what you do. Because I feel like it has to end with Wardlow winning. But it's just like you have to figure out a way to change it up. They've at least changed up the presentation
2: with him being carried out in handcuffs as, as compared to like just oh, he, Punk just wrestling random people. Like not random people, but just his, his goons with the with the, uh, uh, the pinnacle. So, the, yeah, the, the, I
1: love it that he's so scared of Wardlow. <laughs> he's so scared of Wardlow. He doesn't want him free at any time.
2: Yeah. No, and again, I think it'll be exciting to see, like, what stipulation-wise they go for this match um, because you know they're going to do something like that, but... We will then uh, move over to an in-ring interview with the AEW world champion Hangman Adam Page and his response since being announced that he will be defending his championship against the best in the world CM Punk at Double or Nothing. And Hangman came out and said how it would be really easy for him to come out and say how He loves and respects CM Punk, and he's looking forward to shaking his hand in the ring and standing across from him at double or nothing. And he said it would be really easy how he's looking forward to having an all-time classic for the AEW championship. And he said that would be really easy, but it's not going to happen. He said at double or nothing, there will be no handshakes. He's going to destroy CM Punk. And he also talked about how the match isn't going to be some like circle jerk or masturbatory tribute to Bret Hart. Okay. He's... Yeah. Oh, now, you, now you've
1: pissed off Floyd. You picked my side. I had no dog in this fight. Yeah. I just I was planning on going to double nothing, sitting in my seat, having on my Darby Allen shirt, probably DMing me if Punk loses, like probably busting DM- my balls, ready to give you shit. And then Hangman goes and picks my side. <laughs> I. We'll be in a CM Punk shirt. (laughs) At Double or Nothing. And I am Punk all the way. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, this dude insulted me. Now, everybody's like, well, he didn't say anything about FTR. A masturbatory uh, Bret Hart tribute match. What do you call the match that happened last week?
2: Yeah. Or the match that happened with Dax and Punk.
1: Dude. I, I was... I felt like I, I've, I've always been there for the horse. <laughs> I've always been there for the horse. And the horse kicked me in the chest. Yeah. And you know what happens when a horse kicks you in the chest on a farm? You put that motherfucker down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm calling on 2000, 2013 Floyd. Hey, 2013 Floyd. This is Floyd. I uh, think we got to go back in the saddle. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? it's time to let you out yes 2013 floyd is let out of his cage yes we're going to put that horse to freaking sleep you know what
2: it might have taken a little bit longer than i would have personally liked you know i would have liked it if you had remained loyal to my boy uh since you were in 2013 and all that types of stuff you know i would have liked that but you know what i'm not gonna get picky you've seen the light at least I believe that Hangman Adam Page, who I've got nothing but love and respect for, like I said, one of the top AEW champions out of the four that have been world champion in AEW and probably could be argued to be one of the best because his, his run to becoming champion was one of their best stories that they had put on in the company's history. However, comma, I believe that gold is going to that man's head. I believe that man has all of a sudden gotten a little bit too big for his cowboy britches and has all of a sudden lost his way because saying, oh, he's off filming another TV show. Isn't that ironic? And he said, I'm going to embarrass you uh, at Double or Nothing. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Cowboy. I'm sorry, Mr. Cowboy. Um, weren't you put in this position by your friends who were also EVPs of this company? If you want to talk about people taking advantage of their situation, if you want to talk about people uh, who are, like, gifted things or are doing things in, like, oh, they're off doing other things and then all of a sudden they can get this type of stuff, like, what the fuck does that make you? What the fuck does that make you? Not good enough to get a TV show. That's what it makes them. There you go. So, like I said, this is all of a sudden, like, y'all, you wanted to make this. I was going to be, like, cheering for my boy at the same time, but I wasn't going to be, like, going bad on Hangman. Like, why would I do that? But now you've fired the shots, and now you've made it an issue. Now you've made yourself Eddie Kingston is what you've done. And I love Eddie Kingston, but I also hate Eddie Kingston for a very good reason. it's because CM Punk hates Eddie, Eddie Kingston. So, Mr. Hangman Adam Page, like I said last week... I was in attendance for when CM Punk made his return to wrestling after seven years of being away. I was in attendance. The first match I saw CM Punk wrestle live was his first match in seven plus years. And now at Las Vegas, Nevada, at the T-Mobile Arena, I will be in attendance when CM Punk has that AEW championship around his waist and wins his first championship since his Record-breaking 434-day reign as WWE champion—you cannot deny it at this point. And Hangman is honestly becoming the denier at this point because he is very much led. This—he's lost the cowboy wade. The code is gone. He doesn't have Dark Order to or, order to reel him back in and be like, "Buddy, realize what you're saying right now." So, Hangman, I love you, boy. But you're getting turned into glue right now. We're taking the horse to the glue factory. And cowboy shit is going to be replaced with thousands and thousands and thousands of chants for CM Punk. And I'm so glad Floyd is on my side for that. But you know what? Hangman had to make that comment, which I'm sorry, man. I know I you, don't, you, don't like, you don't like it when people like that just like, like – you got caught, you got, like, he was spraying bullets and you got friendly fired. Dude!
1: Dude, I just saw the guy. We talked. Shit, I was really close to giving him my Hangman Chase figure because he said he didn't have it. I was I was feeling that dude. He's so nice. He is? And then, and then, and then, he had to go and try to hurt me for no reason. I didn't do anything to him. Yeah. I mean, hey, FTR did drop him up on the head and take his tag team belts. Hey, that's water under the bridge. And I can say, it's business. My history with Punk. I was there in that magical city of Oklahoma City, where after Batista had a conversation with Edge, CM Punk bravely walked down to the ring, looked Edge in the face, gave him a go to sleep, and became the world heavyweight champion of WWE. His his first major title in WWE. I was there in Oklahoma City when that happened. Like mm-hmm. Austin, I was there when he came back from his seven year break. I was there for his first match in AEW, and I will be there at the end of May, winning Mr. CM Punk. Mr. CM Punk climbs to the top of the ladder of AEW and gets his birthplace Tony Khan's chosen star. And becomes the AEW champion. And me and Austin will go out after and have a celebratory Pepsi for Mr. CM Punk to celebrate him being a champion. Pepsi's and ice cream bars. And to celebrate Hangman's ticket back to the mid-card. Boom. Yes. And I cannot wait for
2: the people uh the people who are gonna come at me and be like um you 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 do know that um it's probably in punk's best interest to put uh uh hangman over you know he, he doesn't need the championship you know um ha- punk wanted to put a spotlight on the younger guys and if he ruins uh hangman's title reign it would be it would
1: be a terrible
2: decision uh, you keep, I don't understand like, blah, 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 blah,
1: blah, blah. you play to win the game okay. Herm Edwards said it you play to win the game yeah he's been nice and he's been giving everybody the rub but it's time for Punk to take what's his yes my switch done flipped yes this is different Floyd but this switch was flipped by Hangman this person yeah. always lived inside of here. he was always here but I, you know, I had him in a little box I was trying to bring him out Hangman said, "Hey, let's open the box." Floyd, CM Punk fan is back. Screw that horse. <laughs> let's go.
2: I know so many people are going to be pissed
1: off because they loved it when
2: you were like reeling me in with my CM Punk fandom, but now, now, you're on my side. Now you're on my side. See, now you now you can't escape the CM Punk fandom, whether you want to or not. It will remain on this show, and it will be. And it's now been amplified. Because of that horse, because of that goddamn horse. But moving on, um, we uh, we had a match that was announced for Rampage by Jay Lethal, S- S- Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt uh, for Konosuke, uh Takashita, and uh, we'll talk about that when we preview Rampage. And then we had the grudge match between the newly nicknamed the Wizard Chris Jericho after uh, Rampage, facing off against Santana. <laughs> I'm sorry, when you call yourself the Wizard, I just think of the Nintendo movie.
1: <laughs> See, like, I, I think ju- of the Wizard of Oz, and, uh, and since Chris Jericho is probably that old, for that to mean something to him, that makes me laugh.
2: There you go. Well, I just think of the Wizard just because of that. I just I, I just imagine Chris Jericho sitting on uh, Universal Studios' uh, Backlot Tour as he gets yelled, Just sit down and have fun, damn it! That's just what I imagine. It's just weird. Regardless, though, um, Santana made the dive, Tope Suicida, as Jericho was making his entrance. Uh, they were beating him up with steel steps. And I found it quite funny that the JAS proceeded to not do anything about this. Like, it kind of just, like, they didn't want to cross Ortiz. I get Ortiz is a very uh, dangerous and uh, crazy man, but, like, I believe yaw. Ortiz had a bat.
1: I I realize that, but like I mean, I didn't, mean
2: I, I didn't see him swinging it.
1: I think it at least made it make sense a little bit. And, you okay. know, I was just saying. <laughs> a little
2: bit. I was pointing it out. Oh, you like, know,
1: hey, the, hey, this is another episode of Faces Have No Friends. This
2: it very much is, but regardless <laughs> of the fact, regardless of the fact. Um, this match when it eventually got into the ring um, was a pretty solid match. Ortiz, rest, I mean, Santana wrestling single style um, had some really good moments, of course. We love it when he throws up the three amigos. Um, I also love, too, the, the really quick flip frog splash that he hit after headbutting uh, Jericho off of the uh, uh, top rope when they were fighting up top. Um, I like that just because it was like, okay, he's got the opening. He's not going to st- stagger and give Jericho a chance to get back up and knock him down again. He actually just, like, Once he hit the floor, once he hit the canvas, he was like, all right, frog splash, go, and then just did it. And I thought that was a solid uh, little bit of stuff right there. There was uh, outside interference multiple times where Angelico tried to, I mean, uh, Angelo tried to use uh, the baseball bat and uh, Ortiz took that away. Santana, uh, like there was just constant interference even um, at one point, uh, Daddy Matt was uh, on the apron and uh, distracted uh, the referee again. And then Jericho low-blowed Santana, hit the Judas Effect, got the win. And then the JS proceeded to jump on Santana and Ortiz the entire time um, because Eddie Kingston still recovering from getting flamed in the face uh, last week. Um, But yeah. Jerry, this is a situation of uh, faces no, don't have friends um, but I know that a lot of people will also complain that like all matches will a lot of times end with the heels beating down the baby faces and then baby face friends will come out and uh, save them at least this time you didn't get nobody saving you so at least you got that but, and, and, but- I,
1: and I, I want to say this about this section I understand the story the story is there I mean Eddie Kingston's gonna come back with two more friends it's mm-hmm. building to the two friends it's making you anticipate the two prints. It is making you hate the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's establishing the Jericho Appreciation Society as a force. I understand the t- storytelling aspects of it, but good Lord, you're like, oh, we're going out there and there's only two of us and five of them. You'd think you could find three people in the back that just like <laughs> hate Jericho and the group as much as you do or something, but again... That's always going to be a hill, a stupid hill. I have this. Uh, it's a thing that generally bothers me and no one else. So I get it. So I can honestly move on to the point where I am looking forward to who the two people are going to be because AEW is excellent at surprises. And whether it is Homicide and Hernandez from the old LAX crew, maybe it's another debuting tag team. Maybe it's somebody they got coming along the pipe that you would never think of. But something's about to happen, and I think we're going to get blood and guts. I think that's where this is leading. That would be nuts.
2: Um, But, yeah, I thought this was all right. I thought this was a decent enough match. Um, And then we had the Gun Club and Acclaimed getting uh, Scissors backstage don't really know what else to say about that
1: yeah ass me mr ass uh scissored him. they scissored them that means your best friends forever that's a new faction that was a faction being born right there okay i don't know what the <laughs> faction is going to be called but is it or are they just going to be under the window of the claim or is it going to be the whole ass family but all i know is they can put out a really good rap album with two of the people okay yeah. And
2: now I just imagine like scissors with asses t shirts. And I just like,
1: yeah. do you want, do you actively want to print those? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. To- and I'm looking forward to in Vegas going to Max's concert because he has to feature Austin-, Austin Gunn now, right? Doesn't he? Actively? At this point, I mean, like, might as well. They're best friends now. Best friends. Yeah. Moving over now,
2: we had the Varsity Blondes who on AEW Dark um, uh, earlier in the week made the call out to the House of Black that they were going to talk, that they were going call them out on Dynamite. And they were out there with Julia Hart, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr. And Brian Pillman was talking about, he stand for the crowd a young, humbled man. Uh, not just because of his experience in AEW, but because of the encounter with the House of Black. Um, it was probably the most humbling experience, though, was watching everything he had worked for being torn apart little by little. Um, however, he remembered a quote. Um, from John Harbaugh who they cut to like five different times before he was even mentioned by Brian. Like, bro, wait for him to say his name. Then you can cut to him. Like, otherwise you just cut to John Harbaugh. It's like, why does he care about this? Oh, because of that reason. And then it's just like, like you could have waited a little bit. I know that we showed him earlier in the show and like, you wanted to show him one more time before the promo started, but it's like, Wait a second, because like we know he's there. We know he's there. Uh, he said how that quote from John Harbaugh was to uh, attack each day um, and with enthusiasm. And he said he lost sight of that. He got comfortable, complacent. They lost their enthusiasm. The Black, House of Black drove them apart. It's a new day. He's feeling enthusiastic about protecting the one thing that's made them whole, and that's keeping everybody together, protecting Julia. So he wants to fight the House of Black. Lights come off lights go off they come out and they appear and they start uh surrounding uh brian and griff and julia is in the corner being like shielded a little bit by brian and griff and they jump and attack on them and eventually um after they finished attacking malachi slowly approaches julia and then has a steel chair in hand Gives it to Julia, who's like quivering at the sight of Malachi. Eventually, though, starts to get a bit of a smile when she's brought over by Brody King with the sealed chair. And Buddy Matthews is trying to get him to swing the chair at Griff Garrison, who's like like staggered, like "Don't do this, please." And she's looking like she might do it, and she doesn't do it. And Malachi Black is furious, grabs the sealed chair away, rips off the eye patch of Julia Hart, and that's when. The Death Triangle comes out and chases off the House of Black while Julia is still clutching at her eye. So we didn't get the turn just yet. And I know people are, like, dying from blue balls over this. But we didn't get it yet. Um, They're still teasing it. But I will say this. Because, of course, we know that the House of Black is one of those factions that are just, like, the fans think they're unbelievably cool. So, like, even though they're being portrayed as heels, they don't really care because they're just crazy cool. This was a situation where the Varsity Blondes, with their like, like old school '80 style like um, babyface look, in a feud like this, like the fans are gonna turn on them so hard because they think the House of Black is so cool, and they're waiting for Juliet to turn, and Garrison and Pillman are gonna get eaten alive by the fans in this feud.
1: It's I, just what I want. I want to be clear. I I want to say something. Something that I I don't know if I said it, but I've always felt an AEW. I I love all, every show, but I always feel like the show is literally overbooked by one segment every week, right? This was the segment.
2: And I know they were using they were using it because they wanted to keep adding a little bit more to this to this Dude. story that it had been holding on to for a while, but it's like first off, I didn't love Brian's promo. Unfortunately, I thought it was kind of slow and I, like
1: this this reeked of Brian Pillman was only there cuz John Harbaugh was in the first row. Like this segment was only on the show cuz John Harbaugh was in the first
2: There was row. that and also because they wanted to keep that Julia Hart like when the fuck is she going to turn? Like that's they they just wanted to keep that like people guessing on that sort of thing. And, and I, I know
1: like, I know they give their wrestlers latitude, but I could not tell where he was going. And the actions once once the House of Black got to the ring didn't line up with everything he said he sounded like he was calling them out to fight he stood there and waited on them
2: yeah he didn't make the first
1: move he, he should have been the aggressor you just called these people out and then the whole Ju- Julia Hart thing I actually like the slow burn of that I do I actually do but this felt like this could have been like a R- rampage on Rampage that you literally had and let it play and then cut it to you know and it just seems like of course, Brian Pillman Jr. is getting better. I'm not burying the guy. It just felt like this segment seemed out of place on this show.
2: A little bit, yeah. Well, like I said, too, like when the fight took place, like the crowd had like kind of no reaction to it. And it's just simply because like they know that Varsity Blondes are being portrayed as the babyfaces, but they don't care because they love Malachi, they love Brody, they love Buddy. Like They love the House of Black. So this is the one situation, because even for people that are, like, cool, that people like to boo, like to cheer and stuff like that, like Adam Cole and Red Dragon, at the end of the day, they will eventually get booed because they're good at their job. That's how it works. With a situation like this, it's like, um, while Malachi and Buddy and all the House of Black are good at their jobs, the Varsity Blondes aren't, like, there as babyfaces to, like – bring the crowd back to like oh yeah these are the baby faces let's cheer them because like aw fans do still cheer and boo who you're supposed to be cheering and booing most of the time like like 99 of the time but a situation like this it's like like the varsity blondes just aren't there as a team to like make you want to cheer for them because of the house of black and how they're presented and how they showcase themselves it's just it's just how it goes and then when julia hart turns they're gonna get eaten alive Like, it's just what it is. So, but regardless of that, we will move on now to the final qualifier match for the men's Owen Hart tournament. And it's Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix, which we now, should we bring up now that we know more about why Darius Martin is out yet again?
1: Yes, he was in a car wreck. Yeah. Of (laughs) all things. Dude can't catch a break. Of all things. He was in a car wreck, and he is going to be out six to nine months after just being out all better part of a year. I am, my heart breaks for the, the kid. I'm, like, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Top Flight is that team that I was looking forward to over the next few years. I I mean, I know he's going to, I feel like he's going to come back. Don't get me wrong. I feel like he's going to come back 100%, but, man, you know, th- that's a tough break tough break for him yeah
2: but again like hope, like i I feel i feel for the kid like it's a it's a really like rough situation to be in it's just like it's just rotten luck and like hopefully he's able to get healthy and quickly um as as quickly as humanly possible because i know the fans would love to see him back um but yeah it's it's a shame because again like i said they were it was so good to finally see him back after that long uh, absence but regardless dante martin and ray phoenix faced off in a the final match for the qualifying for this tournament. And holy shit, the flippy shit. Like, it's exactly what you knew you were going to get. You were going to get the flippiest of the flippy shit. And, like, I saw people literally tweeting, like, this is live-action Dragon Ball, which it was absolutely. When they did the fucking flip Dante, Mar- like, when they did the goddamn Spanish fly and they landed on their feet and then just looked at each other with, like, like, just Dante's fuming and... Phoenix has got like this cold stare on his face. And then that's when Dante got hit used the po- poison rana on Ray Phoenix. Like fucking hell. Like, dude, it's unreal. And like there was like the one thing that they talked about that they hadn't seen, the back flipping Russian leg sweep, which like off of the second rope. Can't say that I've heard that move before in my life. Um Ray Phoenix got the win. Kinda made sense because he just came back from injury and they want to like put a spotlight on him again. Um, by getting the the uh, the great driver that he put on a uh, Dante, um, fucking great match, like just really really good match. These guys just like there is like even the one point where it, like it took a little bit of time for uh, Phoenix to get I think Dante up on the, like a powerbomb position didn't matter because like dude these guys just killed it like such such great work. Man,
1: watching him made me think AEW should do like a star of the future tournament and it should be like on dark and dark elevation like Mm -hmm. 25 and under never held a title kind of thing and just let like martin and lee johnson and lee moriarty and all of them just go at it maybe give one of them a title shot on the dynamite at the end you know at the end of it of course they could lose win whatever you want to do but it's just you have so much young athletic talent that it would be nice if they got to, you know, wrestle against each other, kind of featured. Martin is one of them. Uh, this match just was like, all you could see was dollar signs. You could see, like, oh my God, if there wasn't an AEW, this guy would be a, like the star on the Indies. That's how athletic and that's how, how much how agile and everything he is. This had the feels of the first time I ever saw Will Ospreay and uh i i never heard of either one of them before that match and i i saw them and they were flipping and doing the superhero pose it had this had that same kind of feel where you were just seeing some kind of crazy athleticism uh just tats off to both of them i say i I've always said ray phoenix when he can stay healthy top 5 wrestler in the world because he just has a way of putting things together that i have never seen before i I saw the flip unprettier or whatever you want to call it that move oh my god so much stuff in this match that i honestly wouldn't need excalibur to describe because i wouldn't even know what the movements are (laughs) called that oh man just chef's kiss hat tip these dudes are phenomenal
2: absolutely absolutely but we then had Thunder Rosa come out as the AEW Women's World Champion, and she called out the number one contender for her championship, Serena Deep. Uh, some things changed, some things stayed the same. What was the first feud that we got to bring both of these two girls to AEW? Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deep, and now AEW's cha- Women's Champion is Thunder, and Serena Deep has worked her way after winning the Street Fight against uh, Hikaru Shida, and she is now getting a title shot. To Thunder Rosa, which means, you know what this means. The Straight Edge Society will be holding AEW Gold in 2022. It is destined to happen. You cannot deny it. I love Thunder Rosa. I really do. All right, but say you know I'm not going. To I love. I love Thunder Rosa. This is a situation where Floyd's not going to be on my side with this because I know Thunder Rosa is her girl, and Thunder Rosa is genuinely one of my favorite women wrestler as well. But like, just for. The fandom and me, myself as a CM Punk fan, just to be able to say, like, the thought of the two, two of the biggest members of the Straight Edge Society, Punk himself and Serena Deep. I can't. I don't have Doc Gallows. Maybe he'll be at the show. I don't know. But like, and um, Joey Mercury is still in WWE. I'm pretty sure as a producer. But regardless, like, just to say, if they both won championships. The two, like, most recognizable members of the Straight Edge Society winning AEW Gold in 2022. Like, it just makes me feel so happy inside. This is one that I'm, like, I know I'm screaming into the void for. Because Thunder Rosa is outstanding. I love her championship brain. It's not going to happen. But, like, I would like it to happen just because it would be cool. Like, it would just seem really cool. But, like, regardless, this little promo between these two was solid it was decent um serena deep talking about how she's on another level on a class of her own and she's gonna have that championship and they are going to prove how, like help that like this is supposed to be like really putting the AEW women's division on the map and like being like we're gonna make this the best women's division in the world but in order for that to happen the best women's wrestler in the world has to be champion and D believes it's her rosa believes it's her and like there you go that's your double or nothing championship match okay.
1: Uh, my big thing is in wrestling you put your wrestlers in a position to succeed right yes i don't think this segment was a best position for them to succeed the promo yeah no no, no, no now it wasn't I, I, it, was, you know, it wasn't
2: bad i'm it wasn't-
1: not i'm not just gonna critique i'm gonna give us a, res- a solution go ahead imagine if this was backstage sit down with jim ross in the middle Yeah, you know what? Honestly, honestly. To, like, control the flow of the conversation. Because the words sounded like you were building a big match. But the energy of a big match wasn't there.
2: I think that was the thing is that they wanted wanted to be able to have, like, because, again, it was another situation where it's, like, they wanted to have them, like, in in the arena for it and they didn't want it to just be a video package but like even still though even if it's still though, like that though because like people (laughs) fucking (laughs) went nuts for the BCC segment that they had on Twitter so much so that they said put that on Dynamite and they did
1: yep Tony Schiavone in the middle of there helping direct the flow of the conversation it was just a couple of like long winded segments where you could just tell the audience checked out and I just think it could have used a voice there. Whoever it is, it could have used a third voice there to help direct the conversation because they were going for intensity and they didn't hit it. Not, and, yeah, they, it wasn't a something. perfect hit. No. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Yeah, borderline miss. <laughs> it, was, it was very, yeah, you yeah, could call it, was, it a miss, yeah. Yes, because it was like, you just follow that amazing match. The crowd's pumped up, and it's just like... Then you just got like 10 minutes of talking, and it was just like... I mean... I mean, they, Baltimore checked out. They checked out. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, they never came back in this this episode.
2: Yes, and then we get into the main event then, the Ring of Honor Women's Championship unification match between Deanna parazzo and the interim champion Mercedes Martinez. Um, and... This was a Ring of Honor main event, and I think it was fine. I don't but think it this was match any...
1: on last was a decision, and yeah. you just go with that decision. And don't get me wrong, but like hindsight is twenty twenty. Everybody's an armchair booker. I honestly say Martin and Phoenix probably should have went on last, personally, mm-hmm. because nothing happened. Like if Mercedes Martinez next <clears throat> challenger came out. And we that led to a big moment at the end of the show, absolutely. But and I, you know, you know, I always did. I watched it when it happened, and then I read <clears throat> it back because I always like to. And this was a perfectly, perfectly executed, well worked match. Lots of intensity, told the story, built to the finish, all great, right? Mm-hmm. Just no one cared. Yeah. And
2: again, I I know why they did. It was it was the championship unification. Like in for Ring of Honor, this was a big match, but it's just like eh like I I don't want okay, so I I will say this. I don't want Ring of Honor to be a situation where like they're doing their own thing and then AEW tries to put like like pick something that's big for Ring of Honor and then put it on AEW and make it feel big and then like the AEW hardcore fans don't really care. I don't want it to be a situation like that. I don't want it to be like that. Um, and I'm kind of worried. Like again, I would be perfectly fine if ring of honor just does what they want to do. And then like, if they want to have like a big ring of honor, like huge match on like an AEW pay-per-view, go for it. But like, I'm, I don't want them to be like just like, okay, this is a big deal for Ring of Honor. Let's put it on AEW even though these people maybe maybe may or not care for the Ring of Honor storylines. Just because you own Ring of Honor now too and you own AEW doesn't mean you have to have them like like intertwined that much. They can do some stuff occasionally but like I'm wondering like because we had the issue with the uh, Satnam Singh debut with the Ring of Honor TV title – and then we had like this match not getting the reaction that they were intending for um i just I, I i don't want ring of honor to like feel secondary for like AEW i want them to do their thing and be good at it like that's just what i want yeah
1: and, and like i said it's like i'm all about women's wrestling i'm all about featuring it all about putting in uh uh putting it up front but when you have something like this that kind of goes off without a wet fart, I think it does more damage than good. I don't think this was as damaging. Like, like, no, no, as, I'm like... just like, it's just to those cheerleaders, the assholes that are like, oh, you know, you can't do anything with women's wrestling. You know, it's like okay, we're looking at this, and it's just—it's
2: not—it's not—it's not a lack of trying. I think the show just wasn't laid out to the point where people could like remain hyped for it. I think there was a bit of issue of the layout for Dynamite uh, that may have messed it up. I think this could have been the main event, and it's and like I'm fine with it being the main event. I just think some things before it kind of took the wind out of the sails for the excitement for the possible main event. Um but yeah, it's 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 a situation where like this was an okay average dynamite I think with some pretty damn great moments, but I would say again, this is this is an average dynamite I think is fair to say.
1: Oh, fair to say. It was, you know, it was a solid to show. I thought the first hour kind of kicked ass and the second hour wasn't that great.
2: Yeah, but Regardless, that was AEW Dynamite for this week. We're going to preview this upcoming episode of Rampage that is taking place uh, tonight when you guys are hearing this. We are having uh, Hook in action facing off against J.D. Drake. We get the uh, match, like we said, uh, Konosuke Takashida facing off against Jay Lethal. Um, Yuka Zakazaki will be facing Riho in a qualifying match for the women's tournament for Bret Hart. I think that's the Owen Hart, and I think that's the last one. I, I believe, like I said, I think that is the last one. And then Tony Storm and Ruby Soho will be teaming up to face off against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter, who had a little back and forth on this episode of Dynamite as well.
1: Yeah, so um, Lethal and Takashita is, I'm very excited for, because I've seen Takashita on Dark, and I, I, I think there's something there. But I feel like he needs somebody to really bring out that side of him. So one of the better wrestlers in AEW, (laughs) a consummate professional for like ever, Jay Lethal is the guy to do that.
2: I agree absolutely with that. I think he'll be a great person to put a spotlight on him as well. um, And then eventually still get the win. But still, it'll be a really cool match, I, I think.
1: I'm interested in where they go with Sakazaki versus Rio Because they flew Sakazaki in... Yeah, earlier this week they literally pulled her from uh tokyo joshi pro show to come to w to come to aew to wrestle do you think they would fly her all the way here just to have her lose i would i would see that's the thing it's like
2: i would like her to be like the underdog because i love riho i really do i and like she's one of their best that they have but like yeah, for you to do something like that, you kind of wonder, like, is Yuka going to get an upset here?
1: Because it just seems like it'd be weird to fly them in, fly her in for one single match. Unless maybe, it's a good payday. Yeah, maybe a dark elevation or whatever. It's just like, it feels like you could have put kind of anybody in that spot to take that L. You know what I mean? But like, I love Yuka, so I don't care. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I love Yuka. When she first got announced... I was like, Yuka's gonna, she like, uh, after one person left the AEW, I was like, Yuka's gonna be my girl. And then, you know, COVID happened and we didn't see her for like ever. So right. I-, I am rooting for Yuka in this match. You know, I'm rooting for Yuka real hard. It's just, like I said, it's the thoughts running through uh, the head that I don't, uh, you know, stop. It's like, would they fly her all the way over? And this is like, you know, Ten years ago, I wouldn't have even known that they just flew her all the way over there. But they it, this played out on Twitter. This wasn't uh-huh. like the secret. <laughs> hey, it's like, oh, she's not gonna be in Tokyo Joshi Pro because AEW called her in. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so that's interesting.
2: Yeah. And then the matches that were announced for next week's episode of AEW Dynamite. CM Punk and John Silver. Okay. Yes. Didn't ask for that, but I will be happily accepting it. The Meat Man versus CM Punk. Well, you know, I, CM
1: Punk has to beat up all of Hangman's friends before Double or
2: Nothing. Makes sense, I mean, at this point. But at this point, dude, Hangman hasn't even acknowledged the Dark Order. So, like, they might be friends with Hangman, but I don't think Hangman's friends with them at this point.
1: Yes. I, I, just, I mean, you're right, but it's just like it's. he's getting, you know, they're getting up to... You know, they're getting up to that match, and it's like, Hangman's next. And in Long Island, CM Punk's favorite place in the whole wide world, Long Island. Who can't even boo that man properly. Uh, People were booing Eddie Kingston when— People
2: were booing CM Punk when he was wrestling Eddie Kingston louder than Long Island was booing CM Punk. I gotta
1: say, I am excited for MJF's pop next week. I am as well. Yeah, it's just—it is crazy— how much they love that terrible, terrible, amazing human. He's, he's so amazing at being a terrible human. But yeah. in Long Island, he's a face. Does Wardlow get cheered in Long Island? I want to know. Does, does War Pig get cheered in, Orla- or, uh, in Long Island? Because I think that's the true test on how over Wardlow is. If he gets yeah. cheered in Long Island. You, you that gotta, you know something's you, happening. Yeah, you got to you got to have a title on him in the next three months because that's over. Because yeah. I saw CM Punk get booed in Long Island, which barely. I honestly didn't think could happen. Yeah, they bar- they barely
2: got any muster on that. Like I said, people who were, were booing Punk louder when he was wrestling Eddie Kingston. It is that. Come at me with a different take. I am right in that regard. Um, Then on Dynamite, of course, next week, we're getting the Owen Hart men's tournament is starting up. We're going to have Darby Allin versus Jeff Hardy, Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. We also got confirmation that the final spot in the tournament for the first round, who will be facing off against Samoa Joe, is a wild card, is a joker.
1: Wow. So we we don't know who that's going to be. So... I've heard the prevalent two names. I do not have any inside stories, so nothing that I'm about to say is a spoiler. The two names I've heard the most are Cesaro. That was fucking what I was going to say. And the second one is Davy Boy Smith Jr., which I wow. think is the most impre- appropriate one because you would actually have a heart in the Owen heart tournament.
2: I, I think that, that would be solid. But Yeah, like- so
1: when someone said it, I'm like, so you would have a heart in the Owen Heart Hern tournament? Genius. I'm yeah. like, that's genius. Well then it's kinda of, but then you get put in a situation where it's like, okay,
2: how far does this go? Like how far does he go? Does he win the whole thing or is it won by somebody in
1: AEW? Yeah. I don't know. I I you know, when we look at the bracket, if you if uh I'm gonna bring my bracket up and
2: because that's the thing. Is Davy Boy Smith going to be the one who beats Samoa Joe? Or is like... Because yes. again, like...
1: No, I'm looking at... Uh, let's see. I had to bracket right in front of me second. So, on the left side, we got Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly. I think that can go either way. But I'll probably go O'Reilly. Just because I think they're trying for something different. Then Samoa Joe versus the Joker. And to me... It depends on who the Joker is. I think if it's O'Reilly, then it'll be Samoa Joe versus O'Reilly. If it's Ray Phoenix, I think it'll be Ray Phoenix versus the Joker. I mean, I know that's kind of a safe pick, but I don't know who the Joker is. Like, I feel like it's going to end up being somebody nobody expects. Jeff Hardy and Darby Allin, I think it's simple. It's Darby. Adam Cole and Dax Harwood. Dax really wants this really, really bad. So, actually, me and Austin are on opposite sides of the world this week because, Austin is the world's foremost I mentioned Adam Cole fan, so I it, Adam Cole makes the most sense, but I will be pulling the most for Dax Harwood. Uh, but yeah, I mean, me Art Darby wins it. That's how I see it. Not just because he's my favorite; it's just he hasn't been in a title picture or anything in a while that win elevates him. he can get back in the tnt title picture he can get back in the world he can get in the world title picture whatever you decide to do with him so i think that's who i go with and but that's not knowing who the joker is
2: yeah and i will wait until the joker gets announced before i make my decision
1: (laughs) no but you know adam cole winning too it's like adam cole has you know done done his work he that's probably who i would say honestly he he came in and he put hangman over and he made hangman look really really good and he's had amazing matches and he's performed on this level and it's just like oh my god but can a Shawn michaels guy win the owen hart foundation tournament i don't know can you do that who knows we'll we'll see Shawn michaels guy yeah and it's so funny because adam cole versus dak hardwood it's a Shawn michaels guy versus a bret hart guy
2: it is quite funny in that regard, but yeah, I do think quite, I, yeah. I, my prediction is Adam Cole winning the whole damn thing, um, and then please give me Cesaro as the Joker. I know like Davey Boy Smith, like I understand, I understand, um, but like I want Cesaro, I want Claudio Castagnoli in AEW. I want that more than anything. Please give me that, like. Or, or you know what? It doesn't have to be if you're gonna debut. If you're gonna debut, uh, Claudio debut him at Double or Nothing because I want to be there for that.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, I, I'm. I'm. You know, Cesaro's one of those people underrated for 20 years. He's been underrated for as long as people <laughs> have been rated. I just thought of another guy I will maybe would like to see. I don't know what kind of wrestling shape or whatever is Chris Hero. That would be another good one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know us. Uh, Super wrestling fans, we all of us from Chris Hero. That's another one in there that I've throwing out there. Joker could be a lot of people. Uh you know, so we're gonna see. I I advise you against amping yourself up too much because of nobody promised you anything. Yeah, don't don't do a Christian again. Yeah, no, nobody has promised you anything. Shit, it might be just Christian, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like so I'd be a nice fuck you. It's like, yeah.
2: oh it's Christian again.
1: <laughs> yes, it's Christian. Like I never said it was gonna be somebody debuting. It's Christian, you know. Yeah. And no then one.
2: of course, yeah, uh, I'll wrap up to Dynamite. The last match that they announced to is Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy for the FTW Championship.
1: Yeah, that's just gonna be an amazing match. I honestly don't care who wins, even though the FTW belt is given respect. I honestly don't care who wins that match. I think it's just like the winner is the fans in that one because I think it's just gonna be a really good wrestling match and. I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. But that is our previews for upcoming episodes of AEW uh, television. Uh, we're going to go through some headlines. And um, I know this is on the, isn't on is on the list, but Floyd, do you want to go down and, like, mention the uh, fact that we got another look at the AEW console game, which has now got an official name, AEW Fight Forever. Fight
1: Forever.
2: Which has also been confirmed for PC as well, console and PC.
1: Yeah, so it's going to you open up the world for some mods on the uh uh computer uh that's gonna be cool but you know we got uh chris statlander and nyla rose and they looked amazing this week
2: yeah there was a couple things that i i had a little bit of like okay it's not finished yet where i was like um the nyla no sells for chris statlander's offense for like her chops and stuff like that was a little bit more like i was like Wow, she barely flinched at that. I was like, okay. Um, obviously, when Nyla made attacks uh, like physical attacks on Statlander, it was sold a lot more. Um, it looks it looks pretty dang good to me right now, at least. Um, I know some people are picking it apart, and that's fine. Again, it's 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 an it's a game that's not out yet, so like you're you are more than welcome to do that. Um, and I know there was also apparent rumors <laughs> about uh, some
1: uh, disagreements between Ukes and uh, Kenny Omega. And apparently, Yukes is trying to take advantage of old Kenny Omega. I don't know anything about building games, so let me just say this: so I literally have no comment. I'm on the, I'm on the side of the video game and AEW more than anything. So I'm like, I literally could not tell you the first thing about programming and building a video game. So, like when I when I heard that there was an issue, I was like, you know what? I would have to learn a lot just from what yeah from
2: on. what i've seen at least from the rumors on that regard is that kenny omega is just like the way that he's seen and of course he has it in his mind what he wants the game to be but he's not a developer so i'm sure there's gonna be butting heads on that like people are probably gonna be like why is kenny omega even involved so heavily in this process he's not a video game developer he's a video game player um which yeah and that that might be something that you doesn't like it's like a guy from the company that's just like always checking up and always doing all this kind of stuff but at the same time you don't have a release date so it's not like you're like being rushed right now so like we don't even know when this game's coming out yet still um Uh, there's not too
1: many people that know more about video games and i'm not just talking like then kenny omega like like he doesn't just know uh he doesn't just know like what games are the best he like knows how the engines work who designs them and stuff like that so it's like does he know how to build a video game probably not but he does know about video games
2: and the other thing that i've seen too is the fact that apparently ux is possibly trying to get a multi-game deal with aew trying to like work that in whereas aew has been looking at the video game for fight forever and is as a one and done which is why that they were willing to possibly upgrade their, support their listed. They were saying that they were going to have like fifty wrestlers on the roster, and they would add more and more with DLC. But you um, seemingly wants to be have a multi game deal with them to continue to make pro- games for AEW, whereas AEW seems to be like, nope, just one. We just want one. So, again, these these I mean, these these relationships sure. these relationships can change and all this type of stuff. And it's like it's not something that's like like people leaving the game it's not like halo infinite levels of like oh shit it's falling apart
1: absolutely and that's the big thing with it is that they want to see how the game does and if it comes out and it sells a bunch of tickets i mean sells a bunch of uh, moves a bunch of units i'm pretty sure they're gonna be like okay let's go ahead and get uh, another one out there but if it comes out and it doesn't sell as well. And like they, I
2: said, I think they're just saying that they want the one year just to cover their bases in case the game isn't what they want it to be. Because, I mean, again, you're promising no mercy to these wrestling fans, and they're going to look at it, and they're going to expect no mercy.
1: Abso- absolutely. But I do, do want to throw this out there. When the time comes and the game comes out, we will be giving away a copy of the game on the show. So I Let's I am looking forward to that because I, I have not anticipated much other than FTR winning the tag team belts again, I think, and Cody winning the WWE title. I think the- Bringing they, back the winged eagle, do it. The number three on my list is this AEW video game. So I'm, it's very anticip, highly anticipated for me. I plan on spending like oh uh, a bit- Just really getting into the dang game and learning about it. So it's going to be fun.
2: And then we have one last headline I think we'll go through before we wrap this show up.
1: Yes. uh, AEW finally, finally announced its fan fest for Las Vegas. It is going to be Saturday. My computer just froze. Uh, Saturday, I believe, March 27th. Am I saying the right date? Uh, No, March 28th. March 28th. 28th. Uh, At... 10 p.m. from Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. So, that's exciting. Uh all, you know, there's so many convention places in Las Vegas. I'm very excited to be uh I'm very excited to be uh seeing uh that show there. Uh what you can expect is uh from a person that's literally been to all of them. <laughs> I've been to every fan fest. So, uh they're going to have their jazzwares. They're gonna have uh, wrestlers in the ring talking. They're gonna have a free section to get signings and autographs. They're gonna then you're gonna have you have a chance to pay additional to get signings and autographs. And then uh, apparently the BTE title is going to be defended at uh, this. So even if you decide to just do the general mission, I believe those tickets are starting at fifty four dollars just if you just decide hey i'm just gonna do the general mission that is definitely gonna be worth the money if you're there to do meet and greets that'll be worth the money too it's going to be a good time tickets gonna sell tomorrow today technically uh may 6th at noon pacific time that is uh uh, no, at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I said the wrong time. 10 a.m. Pacific time, which is noon Eastern. I mean noon Central and 1 p.m. Eastern. I me. Am I right? Am I not saying that you had right? listed as 11 a.m. Central time, which would be noon Eastern time. Noon Eastern time. There you go. I was like, I'm like, the math. The math. It's simple math, but when you're trying to just like talk as you go, and it gets very confusing. But yeah, I imagine uh, general admission at orlando sold out so if you're even thinking about going go ahead and pick up that general admission ticket when they go on sale i will literally be in the movie and at 11 i'm gonna go over to the little section where it's away from everywhere you can use your cell phone and buy my general admission ticket because like i said i personally know if that this can sell out and, and then some you know like some people that I know that go to everything weren't able to get in to the fan fest last time
2: yeah. All right. Well, I think that will do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this show and listening every single week. Please continue to download this fine podcast on Google or Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify, Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Leave a rating and a review, and you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle, on Twitter. As my cats are jumping all over the fucking place behind me on twitter we are at at elite pod at social suplex are the guys that make this show possible check out all the other shows they have on their network i am at austin sumowitz s-z-u-m-o-w-i-c-z floyd is at floyd johnson jr on twitter and i'm gonna go call my cats down but i'm gonna let my be- my good friend floyd take us home on this episode of all things elite
1: all right so well, this week has been a lot of newsworthy week uh today well, we started recording on Cinco de Mayo, went into May sixth. Oh, Revenge of the Sixth! If you're a Star Wars fan, so Happy Star Wars Day, Cinco de Mayo, Revenge of the Sixth. To everyone out there, have an amazing weekend. Uh, support your favorite wrestling companies, and uh, make sure you watch Cody in his you know first non WrestleMania uh, premium live event since he arrived in wwe this sunday on wrestlemania backlash but with that i will leave you be nice to people and with with all your heart whether it is home work or school always do your best to be